This is Double Exposure Show, co-hosted by Sophia Lemon and myself, Petro. Keep listening if you're a photographer, entrepreneur, or small business owner looking for actionable business and marketing advice and funny, off-topic rants. If you're not one of those, stop listening right now. Just kidding. Here we go. Okay, so I, I still don't know. Are we hitting record on one or three, two, one, hit record? Three, two, one, hit record. All right. And I hope that you've already hit it. Yes, it's it's hit. <laughs> it's hit. oh so. <laughs> So yeah, we're back, we're back again, at, and we're back at it, and here we are. So, Sophia, you're um, you're not a very good baseball player. What? I'm you're, really terrible. <laughs> you're really terrible. You know that. I'm really bad at it. You're so bad at it. Um, but no. So, I haven't played baseball in a really long time. Uh, as a matter mm-hmm. of fact. The last time I played baseball was probably 20 years ago, maybe even more, but let's say 20 years ago. And right after Mm -hmm. we played baseball, we went out to a restaurant. It was really fun. It was a lot of fun. And I just remember at the restaurant feeling so weak, feeling so bad. (laughs) And all I did was run around at the bases a couple of times and... um, yeah, we you're, yeah we, you're doing more than you think you are when you're playing baseball. <laughs> my arms killed, and, and it was funny that I I strike out a lot, so me swinging at the ball <laughs> and missing was so hurtful. It was so bad, but uh, we got beat by a team of girls who were like uh, an actual girl baseball team. Yeah, and uh, it was embarrassing, but it was still a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, okay, so. As you can imagine, I played ball over the long weekend. You did not. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was quite good. Um, it was a good group of people. It was like our co-ed group. <clears throat> so this tournament was co-ed and men's. And the first night, um, one of my friends comes up to me. He's like, do you want to play men's? Because one of the teams didn't have enough players show up. <laughs> <laughs> So I went and played men's and I just went and caught because I was like, whatever, like (laughs) they're probably going to want me to just catch because I'm a girl and I'm not any good. So then I but when we went to bat, um, I took my bats to uh, where you leave your bats. (laughs) Okay, I didn't know there was a place to leave bats. Well, just where right by where you're going to bat. Please, please, (laughs) please tell me it's called the bat cave. No. <laughs> Ma, come on. What an opportunity missed. <laughs> so I, I set my bat down and I'm walking back. And then the couple of the guys on the team who know me, they're like, well, why don't you just lead off? Oh. Like, You're already over there. Just go lead off. I'm like, what? All right. So I went and let off. Apparently, um, a bunch of the guys, like the ones that don't know me, were like, what the fuck? Why are we having the girl lead off? <laughs> <laughs> and then I drilled one right up the middle. And apparently they were like, oh. Okay, we're in. okay (laughs) the pitcher on the other team um knows me right (laughs) so he did not go easy on me but anyway i thought you were gonna say he hooked you up he set you up oh no no but one of the pitchers for sure hooked me up um (laughs) (laughs) actually a couple of the teams that we played against i've played with Mm -hmm. the guys before and um the one pitcher hit a home run off him Nice. <laughs> I don't think he was very happy. And then the other one hit a home run off him. So the 
in our last game, um, we were playing like the people that I'll play co-ed with sometimes. And they're really quite good. And we clobbered them. But anyway, the point is their pitcher is like really good. He knows exactly how to make me hit the ball right back to him. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) And then he just gets me out. It's really mean. (laughs) So you basically just play catch. Yeah, so I, and it's bad. It's like I bunt it back to him. It's a terrible little hit. It's awful. So I just told him before we played, I'm like, don't be a dink. <laughs> pitch me something good. So first pitch, he, he tosses me. I clear the fence. <laughs> Beauty. <laughs> I was like, thanks. <laughs> Do you run up to him and high five him first? No. <clears throat> that, that would be sweet. I just said thanks to him the, later on. <laughs> that's a good way to start a fight, I guess, right? <laughs> that was a good game. It was fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was an awesome weekend. So good. One of the guys... Okay. So they do the Home Run Derby. I got signed up for the Home Run Derby. I was the only girl. I didn't sign myself up. Other people signed me up. And... I was the only girl, so I got to bat from second, and that caused some drama because the guys didn't like that idea. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. anyway, one of the guys bats left, which means he was hitting right into the beer gardens, and there were a bunch of little kids there, So, and this guy hits, like, really hard. So they took all the little kids, and they put them in a corner in the beer tent, which I think was a little bit stupid because then the kids have nowhere to run if a ball is coming towards them. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so this guy drills a ball right into the tent, like where all the little kids are standing. Oh and one of the guys is standing there with a beer, sticks his other hand out and just takes the ball right in his hand. Hmm. And we're all like, Oh my God. There were three kids standing right behind him. One of them would have died if it hit, if the ball hit them. Probably. And he just starts like squeezing his hand and we're all like, yeah, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's fun. <clears throat> so funny thing when I played baseball is I, they give you a glove. Okay. So they give you a glove. You, you have what a the heck kind of baseball is this? You, I don't own a glove. They gave me a glove. And of course, since I'm right-handed and I throw with my right hand, they give me a glove for my left hand. But the concept is foreign to me because I catch with my right hand. I throw with my right hand. I catch with my right hand. Um, so to catch with my left hand is kind of counterintuitive. Eventually, you get used to it. But the first couple of times, I would catch with my right bare hand. And I thought it was way more efficient yeah. to just catch with my right hand and throw it. Because it's already in my hand. Yeah. I don't have to look in the glove for the ball. Where is it? Oh, there it is. <laughs> no, it was, just, it was just really funny. So That doesn't work very well. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But the fu- the funny thing is, like, it, it just, it's it's so weird. There's no there's no baseball in Ukraine. There, there might be baseball today, but I've never seen baseball. I never played baseball. I thought it was really primitive and very funny because I was like, well, we play a sport with our feet. We just kick the ball around and score in nets and it works really well and it's a good time. You don't need gloves or, you know, bats and helmets or funny uniforms. <laughs> I have to admit, baseball uniforms are kind of ridiculous. Are they not? They I've always thought really this. They are really stupid. Like, like in, in what sport can you wear a fucking necklace? Like, come on. 
Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> have you not seen pro ball players? They wear like necklaces. They have stuff in their pockets. No, they wear, like... no, not at all. Like, I'll be honest with you. My, <laughs> my professional baseball experience is um, a Blue Jays game in person and a Montreal Expos game in person. And that's it. Any Anytime it's on TV, it doesn't get more than five seconds of play because it just means that I'm like really slow with the remote. <clears throat> and to, to tell you the truth, for the last 20 years, I've never, I haven't even had any sort of sports or live television. So I don't ever see baseball games. It's only mm-hmm. if I'm at a bar or, or a restaurant and it's on. That's the extent. And I don't pay attention. I'm usually eating or drinking. So that's it. I have no clue. I'm still clueless. I, I have fun playing it. Uh, I had fun at the Blue Jays game. I had a lot of fun at the Expos game. I have to admit I was uh, 18 years old and uh, a little bit under the influence because let's face it, it's Montreal and it's allowed and it was fun. And uh, we there's there's photographic evidence of me dancing with a mascot. <laughs> why haven't i seen this <laughs> i'll have to find it and um i think this guy's name is ron gant uh i want to say he's on the phillies team back then i i don't remember you'll have to google him and um a friend of mine uh and myself we were we went right down to the field like as close to him as possible and i just remember that i was screaming to him why haven't you called back my mom <laughs> <laughs> dad i miss you dad oh no <laughs> yeah so it's really funny what alcohol does to you you know like uh i'm really surprised we didn't get kicked out like we didn't get escorted because like he he definitely hurt us there was a couple of times he chuckled um <laughs> and the funny the, they have they have a sense of humor <laughs> of, of course but then the, but then he was probably like okay i gotta pay attention i'm gonna catch a ball or two like I know I'm out here, but and um, I haven't really told this story to too many people. Um, and yeah, basically, the 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 funny part about it was that um, our skin tones contrast a lot. <laughs> okay, okay. So there's no way he was my dad, but it it was just funny. So um, and I do know my father. I do know my real dad. <laughs> He is my father. <laughs> there was no question about it. It was just it was just a lot of fun. And the, the funny thing is there's people like if I had to think back about it, there's people in the in the audience, if you will, in the stands or in the seats that are there to watch the game. <laughs> yes. And some little idiot kid, adult really, because I was 18, running around, you know, distracting them, making fun of everyone. It was it was just stupid. I'm not really made for baseball. So, mm-hmm. so that's that. That's all I'm going to say. But um, on that note, uh, how did you take uh, my criticism of your baseball playing at the beginning? Did it hurt? Well, I think pretty well because I know how good I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep. Um, but I thought if, like, that's what we're going to talk about today, I thought it was kind of funny. So this was, like, a fun tournament this weekend. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of people arguing with the umps. Interesting. Yeah. And, like, telling them that they don't know the rules and stuff like that. 
I'm just like wasting everyone's time but, whining about stuff. Right. <laughs> well, it is possible. They may not know the rules. They better know the rules. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Um, I, most of them are blind too, aren't they? Like, cause there's, well, I these always are the guys, people yelling. <laughs> these were the guys classes. running the tournaments. These were the guys running the tournaments. Right. I don't think that any of them are actually umps. Um, but they know ball. <clears throat> Again, back to the terminology of, of baseball, we call it ball and we kind of, yep. and, and umps, you know, I don't know. It's almost sounds like it's short for armpits. Umps. It's short for umpire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't buy it. I disagree. But just so that our listeners are kind of <laughs> in the loop, um, today we decided to talk about uh, criticism and professional criticism and how to take criticism and how to give criticism, but really criticism in general. No, how to take criticism. That's what we're talking about, right? Because if we're talking about how to give criticism, I suck at that. You do. Yeah. Holy moly. Like, and I don't know what it is about me, but when people ask for my advice and they're talking to me about something, like, I almost get angry and I'm like, no, why are you doing that? Why would you do that? Stop doing that. Do this. <laughs> so a lot of people do that and they kind of, um, shit, what's the word I'm thinking of? We kind of self, self-proclaim ourselves as experts the minute somebody asks you for advice. And it's very difficult to be honest and with yourself and just to say, like, I'm just going to be honest with them what I think. And literally we kind of become experts and, well, you should do this. Well, you, I think you should do this. Like, shut, shut up. Just stop doing that. You do have that issue, I, I find. But not with me. It's mostly you tell me stories about you criticizing people on their request. You've told me stories. Um, or sometimes you just drop the ball and don't say anything. But, um, but yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely correct. Like, we, we kind of assume the role of a teacher and we don't always do it the best. We kind of do it how we're used to getting criticism. And oftentimes we don't like how we get that criticism yet. That's how we dish it out. So that was always a problem with me in college and probably still a problem now that people will critique something and I'll be like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And then a couple days later, I'm like, oh, maybe they were right. (laughs) Now, do you voice your opinion immediately or do you just kind of think that in your head? Oh, I think it in my head. Right. That's my, that's probably one of my first suggestions for anyone receiving criticism. And like I think number one rule or rule zero is always going to be keep an open mind, right? There's a there's a reason you're asking anyone for advice or opinion. And my biggest pet peeve is when people already have their mind made up. And they ask for your opinion or for advice only to have a fucking argument. <laughs> like, what do you think yeah. of this? I think it's too blue. It's not too blue. Yes. <laughs> no, right. I don't think I normally do that. I probably have at times, but. You know, and, and then they'll have a, a, a totally freaking legitimate argument why it's not too blue. <laughs> and you kind of sit there and go, well, why did you want my opinion in the first place if you don't care for it? Yeah. You know? <clears throat> so oh because those are those are the people who are looking for compliments not looking for criticism right 
and and sometimes I guess we have to keep an open mind ourselves that 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 could be the person could be just wasting your time and asking for criticism. Um, and you're right. A lot of times people who um, ask for criticism, like cr- constructive criticism or creative criticism, whatever you want to call it. Hey, what do you think of this photo? Oftentimes, I just want to say, like, in terms of what, <laughs> like, what do I think of it as in on my wall or for the cover of Time magazine? Like, what do you mean? What do I think of it? I look at it and I don't think anything. It doesn't do anything for me. And I, and I want to say that to them, but I know that they're just looking for like, oh, wow, that's really good. Good for you. Uh, I love sunset photos, especially when half of it is just really dark um, and you can't see shit, you know, like, <clears throat> what do you, what do you say to people? Um, how do you say th- stuff to people? So that's really not what we're going to talk about, I guess, but uh, it, it's a valid point, you know? So if you're one of those people that takes a shitload of photos and then just shows them to people kind of hoping that they give you a pat on the back, um, stop doing that, you know, uh, go to a professional and, you know, ask, ask their opinion differently. Say, how can I improve this photo rather than what do you think? That's probably one of my biggest pet peeves. Because if you're asking me what I think, it means you, you've worked on it, you've, you've finished it, your mind's already made up what it, what it's worth. If you're coming to me and saying, Hey, here's a photo that I really like, I think it's great. I think I'm finished. What do you think I can improve? By doing that, I think you will be a little bit more ready for criticism. And unless you do that, do not send me photos. Do not ask me to criticize your photos. Do not ask me to look at your images. Because I'd say nine times out of ten, when somebody brings me a photograph or sends me a photograph to print and say, what do you think? I'm not going to be honest with you. I'm just going to print it as is and going to say, yeah, that's fine. What, whatever. Like I, it's good. <laughs> it's printable because that's what I think. That's truly what I think. If you ask me how you can improve or ask me if I would buy it, you know, say, Hey, here's photos that I saw on my website. Would you buy this? And I'll probably tell you, no, I'm not into whatever you're selling. Um, but, uh, I might tell you, yes. Uh, there's been several times where, I sat on the panel of judges at a college uh, image uh, print show or image challenge mm-hmm. or whatever, where I actually said, I would buy this image. I would totally buy this image. And and you know what? Every single time the person sat in the audience and they never came up to me and said, so you were interested in buying that image. Are you still interested in buying that image? Would you like to buy that image? Or can I give you the file because you really like it and you can print it and keep it? There wasn't either side of the spectrum. There wasn't like, wow, you've impressed me so much. I was impressed by your uh, impression of my image so much that I want you to have it or I want to sell it to you. Not even once in the last 20 years that I've done this. So that that's always surprised me also. Um, but uh, yeah, so yeah. What are your thoughts? I just kind of wish that people would stop asking for criticism when what they want is compliments. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, yeah, it can be like really difficult to take criticism, especially when you're starting out, which is a sort of a, that's a difficult time to take criticism, especially because. <laughs> well, you only want be positive honest, things, right? 
Well, yes, but let's be honest, you're not very good when you're starting out, usually. Usually. Like, it's a constant <laughs> improvement. Like, every time you go out and shoot, you'll get better. Um, but when you start out, you, you might have a little bit of a big head. Like, hopefully, you always think that your photos are fantastic. Um, you know who I find has the big head? People who have experience in photography prior to starting any sort of uh, educational program or any sort of seminar or whatever, where they feel like there's nowhere more to go. There's nowhere else to go, rather. There's no more things to learn. And, you know, that they start to look, you know, we've made this, we've made this, um, We've given this out as advice. You know, if you, f if you feel stuck, go find a seminar, join some groups, whatever. Uh, so it's people like that who are at that point where they're like, man, I feel like I've learned everything. I feel like I know everything. Yeah. And they go out to these groups. They're usually, they'll be the ones who raise their hand or sometimes don't even raise their hand and correct the instructor. <laughs> and it's like, well, just wait, I haven't got there. Uh, and that was my favorite thing to do, especially when it was in my uh, in my presentation. Like, uh, I I teach a very basic, very basic computer course for photographers for people who forget Photoshop. They don't actually know how to use a computer yet. And uh, so we were going over the shortcut commands for copy paste, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, so I start with a with a menu bar, and I say, okay, so in the menu bar under edit. Here's where you, you know, after you make a selection, here's where you can go and click edit, copy. And somebody literally just said, um, you can actually press command C. And uh, it's like, <laughs> all right. I want, I want to say thank you, but I also want to say you're a dumbass. <laughs> but I don't say anything. I, I just go, oh, that's true. And then I continue with my lesson and then I'll say, you can also, you know, here you can also click paste. And if you look closely, you notice that there's actually shortcuts in the file menu, command V, command C. And after you use these, uh, af after you use these commands a few times, you will actually start to go and use the shortcuts because I encourage people to use, to click on things so that they understand where it is and what it does. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's in the edit menu, so we're editing, things like that. And um, I encourage people to use shortcuts for efficiency and faster workflow. But <laughs> it's the people who would who would do that and it always, always bugged the crap out of me. Like, I always felt like they were criticizing me. Like, I didn't know. Like, okay, I, you know, you guys are all here for a reason. You all paid money to be here. So give me a chance to get there. By the way, the person yeah. over there who's uh, uh, never used a Mac, uh, they're really benefiting from this lesson right now. So please shut the F up. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I can't deal with those people sometimes. I just want to kick them out. But <laughs> Well, I think I was that person to a certain extent in college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember the conversation that I had with the uh, guest speaker? Um, that you should make a separate layer so that you're not um, editing the original photo so that you can always go back if you screw something up. But that's a valid, it's a valid point, right? 
Like that that is a valid point. I think it is, but that's not <clears throat> the point of what we're saying. Yeah. No, you're you're right. You shouldn't do that. You should just let the guest speaker uh, speak uh, because yeah. they're being paid to be there. Um, they don't need to learn that. You know, go up to them at at the end of the lecture and say, "Hey, I always create a, a another layer. Uh, you didn't mention that. Is there a reason you don't do that?" And they might say, they might literally say. I never go back to my files. I don't screw them up. Seriously, I used to create a layer adjustment uh, for levels. I don't anymore. The The more I use uh, Photoshop, the longer I've been using Photoshop, the longer, uh, the more I kind of deal with clients. I don't do that. I'll only do that to certain prints that I know I'm going to go back and print again. But if a client orders a photo and I just need to do a minor level adjustment, Sophia, it's honestly command L, zip, 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 yes. click, yeah. print, goodbye. And 99% of the time, I'm right. I never have to see that file again. So <clears throat> that could be the reason. And hopefully that's the reason. There's, there could be another reason. The photographer or the presenter might say, oh, I don't know anything about layers. I don't know how to use them. And immediately your thought might be like, oh, my God. God, really? You don't know layers and you're here presenting and and you have to kind of step back and, and see, well, this person's making a good living. Their photos look fantastic. And you're sitting in a chair trying to learn from them, but you know layers. That doesn't make you better, right? So, I mean, it's, it's very difficult to really establish any sort of uh, situation that would work with the rules for giving proper criticism or you know speaking up every every scenario is different i guess to sum it up it'd just be like don't be an asshole right <laughs> just keep an open mind and don't be an asshole but uh i think you and i were really going to talk about kind of how to take criticism is that correct yeah but i think that we should touch on how to give criticism as well okay well let's continue then Uh. (laughs) (laughs) I have nothing to say. (laughs) I have always tried to subscribe to the procedure of like saying good things and then saying what can be be improved. Okay. That's about it. Is there, is there ever a point where you literally tell the person, stop doing what you're doing, go look for something else to do? No, I haven't done that. <laughs> um, only, I guess, when people have been like really complainy. Okay. So if I've been giving advice and someone has just been complaining and complaining and complaining and it's not working and I'm like, well, I think you might want to do something else then. <laughs> I've had about three conversations in my life uh, as a in, in the instruction field, um, giving instructions rather in the photography field. Uh, with people where I said, you may want to consider another career, not because your photos are bad, but because of your attitude yep. towards the, yep. the process. Exactly. And that's exactly it. And you know what the sad part is? Two out of the three people were older. Uh, mm-hmm. They were people who were coming back for like a second career, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And each time it was, it was like, they would come to me and I would say, well, I'm going to say Susie. I'm changing the names. I'm going to say, Susie, <laughs> you you put an umbrella on the light. And then you face the umbrella at, 
at your subject. So the light is bouncing out of the umbrella towards you. That's not the demo I gave in class. That's not how we demoed the umbrella. Like on two separate occasions, I demoed how to assemble the lights. And I said, and the common sense dictates that light doesn't go through the black part of the umbrella. So yes, it's a shoot through umbrella, but you have to take the black part off. And it was a really happy accident, but because she, do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Like how she used the umbrella? Yep. Yeah. So light, lights pointing at the subject, umbrella in front of it, blocking all the light. Yeah. It was a super happy accident because the two lights that she pointed at the subject didn't light the background, didn't light the subject, but they created a ton of reflected light and really, really cool shadows, very soft shadows. The portrait was really freaking good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the sad part. Yeah. And, and I, and I, and I asked her, I said, well, how did you light it? Like, I'm actually very impressed with how you lit it. And she told me in that. And so I said to her, like, where, where are you, you know, what's going on? Now, the bigger issue here was because it was such a dimly lit room and she was using autofocus, the camera didn't focus properly. Her, oh, no. her paper background was in focus. Her subject that was almost right up against it wasn't. Um, so there was there was a lot of issues. You know, uh, she, she, she ended up cropping it way too tight. Um, it was just poorly composed like it had so many issues which started with her just not having the ability to um to do all this you know and and poor Susie um instead of saying okay let me write down all these points or can you can you just give me a couple right now so I can work on them and give me a couple tomorrow um she started giving me excuses and it first started with excuses and it ended with a lie that she intended to do that with the lights. Well, I just like how it looked, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, that's impossible because you, you should have had some, you should have, you should have focused better then. If that, if you intended that, you would know that there's not enough light, et cetera. And that's when the excuses came back in. Yeah, but my camera and my lens and I dropped my camera and, and it's like, stop. Literally, I said, stop. Everything I'm telling you, you have a rebuttal. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. That's not how this works. If you come to me and you ask me for something, I, that that's literally not how this works. You know, it'd be like you going to a restaurant, ordering a plate of food, you know, five different pieces of, of food on there. And you say, okay, the chicken is dry. And the chef goes, yeah, it's the new recipe I'm trying. It drags the chicken out. Okay, the the carrots are uh, too crispy for me. Uh, yeah, I don't like to oversteam them because uh, blah, blah, blah. the potatoes are cold. Yeah, you know what? While I was cooking the chicken, they cooled. Like, shut up. You, you screwed up. <laughs> Please make yeah. it better. And though I'm using food for as an example for a specific reason, because we all have a different palate and we all have a different taste for food. But there's things that are just wrong. You know, if, if, the, if the chicken's not cooked, it's not cooked. You don't go, oh, no, I prefer salmonella, so I like to eat my chicken raw. That doesn't work. It, you need to cook the chicken. How you cook the chicken is up to you. You want to make it Cajun. You want to make it barbecue. You want to make it saucy. You want to make it deep fried. Fine. But you need to cook the damn thing. 
And so when somebody comes and tells you your chicken's not cooked, the first thing you do is say, I'd like to fix that. How do you suggest I fix it? If you're an expert or thank you for pointing it out, I had no idea. I'm on it. You don't make an excuse about, you know, well, I, I was trying to do something and, uh, and that's, that's unfortunately what, what came out. So I literally said, I have a feeling this is not something you're going to be happy in, not because you're bad at it, but because of how bad it's impacting you. You know, it, you, you've had plenty of opportunities to make it right, but you're just not doing it. You're just not getting it. I think you should consider doing something else. And yeah. And it's sad, but I mean, people don't want to hear it. People literally don't want to hear it, especially when they give up uh, a career and say, uh, you know what, I'm going to do this instead of being a nurse or whatever you were doing in the, in the previous life. I don't understand how people get to that point either. Like, why are you asking for advice? Like, if you want a compliment, then say, doesn't this look good? It's kind of like a woman asking, do I look fat in this? <laughs> Like, <laughs> well, and that's, that's okay. I'm glad you brought that up because the definition of a fat woman to a male is, is, is different for everyone. Um, I literally was thinking that this morning, um, did, did you say that to Hannah? <laughs> no, no. I, I think she looks great. She's been working out. <laughs> no, I mean, did you say to Hannah, do I look fat in this? Oh, I'll, always, <laughs> always. It's so funny. What does th- Hannah say? <laughs> She says, yeah, you're huge. <laughs> no, we don't, we don't have these conversations. It doesn't go the other way either. Um, but I think Hannah looks great. And to tell you the truth, um, she's been working out a lot and she works out at home. So this morning she has her workout gear on and I actually thought like, man, she looks really good. This is something that I like to think about my wife. And in the back of my mind, I was actually thinking about uh, a friend of mine who is from uh, where I'm from, from back home from Ukraine, who was never happy with his wife. Like when I first met them, his wife was the skinniest person I knew. Uh, I'm not even joking, size zero. And he would call her fat and always complain to her, like to her face. Uh, needless to say that they're not married anymore. <laughs> and uh it was awful it is awful but i mean he's just a dick he's that's how he grew up because that's probably how his dad treated his mom and uh but it was ridiculous how how skinny this girl was and um he still told her like you're too fat and it, it it just blows my mind so our definition our perspective of fat our perspective of good is different right so yeah, I mean, you could totally come to me and say, doesn't doesn't this look good? And by the way, Sophia, that's like one of my biggest pet peeves when people use the negative thing to ask a question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just say, does this look good? And I can answer yes. Because if you say... Yeah, but that's, that's a different question. Does this look good and doesn't this look good are two different questions. How? Does this look good obviously gives you the opportunity to say, no, it doesn't. Whereas if you say, doesn't this look good? You're kind of implying that you want a compliment. And Screw not you. Real <laughs> criticism. I will tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly, Petro, you're just a jerk. So if you ask me, okay, let's let's flip it back to food. If you say, are you hungry? And I'm hungry. I will say, yes. 
I'm hungry. And if you say, aren't you hungry? And I'm hungry. I'm going to say, yes, I'm hungry. But that's not the same thing. When you're saying that, for example, about your photos right. or a woman wearing a dress, she says, don't I look good? Or do I look good? Like you can kind of like understand what she's trying to say, right? You can tell when she's asking. The only for thing a I can tell, well, the only thing I can tell is that when you say "Don't I look good?" is is that you're implying that I think I look good. Do you? Yes, exactly. But it, but you're still asking the same damn question. Do you think I look good? Yes, but don't answer it honestly. <laughs> If a woman says that to you, be like, yeah, right. you look great. So our social. <laughs> unless unless she's buying pants and then you can be like, eh, no, those don't work for your butt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let me see your butt. So next time somebody says, what do you think of my pants? I'm going to say, let me see your butt. And hopefully they don't take their pants off. <laughs> that would be funny, actually. That would be funny. Um, <clears throat> uh, you may be 100% correct. Uh I have to admit that English being like the fourth language I learned in my life, I'm still struggling with certain, um, <laughs> what's the word? You see what I'm saying? <clears throat> um, nuances? Sure, we can call them nuances. Um, yeah, call them nuances. Uh, <laughs> just the way the way that we ask questions. For example, uh, I think I might have talked about this to you before. But when somebody says, I'm, I'm getting on a plane right now, I picture mm-hmm. them like throwing a rope over the airplane and like, you know, climbing up the plane to get on the plane. Because you don't get on the plane, you get in the plane, you get inside an airplane. Why are you getting on it? You're in it. You don't get on the bus. I mean, in England or even, you know, those tour buses that have a second de- deck, like the double deckers that are completely open. I guess you could mm-hmm. literally think that you're on the freaking bus. But any given moment when you're saying, I got to get on the bus, you're getting on the freaking bus. You never say, I got to get on the car. You get in the car. What's the difference? One's a bus, one's a car. Like they all have wheels. They're, I don't get it. I really, I really don't understand. And I thought about it and I thought, well, maybe it's because we would get on a horse to go somewhere. And then when public transportation became available to the masses, we were getting on buses, but really we were getting in them. I don't know. Hmm. I don't care why, but when somebody says on the bus, I think like, "Mm, okay. To further expand on this, like stupidity. um, When was the last time you got in bed? Because I always get on the bed. <laughs> Do the blankets count? No, because they, they're blankets. You cover yourself with blankets. You can go, you can take blankets on the bus. All right. And, and it doesn't mean you're in the bus. <laughs> if you, if you, if you get on the bus, literally on the roof of the bus and cover yourself with blankets, you're not magically in the bus. Therefore, you're not magically in bed. Well, there aren't normally blankets on buses. There are so not normally. There are normally blankets <laughs> on your bed. This is an so. argument you won't win because that this is what I'm trying to say. In my head, in my head, it doesn't make sense. And I mean, I know better. So I actually use these conventions. I actually will say, okay, I got to get on the bus. I got to get on the plane. Hey, I'm about to get on the plane. I say that because it's part of the language. It's just what we say, you know. So uh, in Ukrainian, uh, you wouldn't say I am Petro. Uh, you would just say, I, Petro, that there's no M. 
Uh, there's no, you know, this is Sophia. You would just say this, Sophia. <laughs> like, so the is, the am, all these things, they, they don't exist. Um, a dog in English, uh, you have a female dog or a male dog. Um, in Ukrainian, you'd have two different words for a male and a female dog, right? So this is, this. you know, for a third of my life, I learned how to speak one language and I knew a different language that sort of had similar conventions. And then I had to go learn something completely different. So it doesn't always make sense to me, but I'm, I'm past it. I moved forward. I'm, I'm totally happy with it. Criticism. What does it have to do with it? Nothing. <laughs> Just misunderstanding the question. Uh, does, does this pants make my butt look fat? <laughs> um, but staying on topic a little bit and kind of moving forward. Um, when somebody gives you criticism, what's the first thing you do, Sophia? <clears throat> I usually listen to it quietly. Has it always been like that? And then I think for a second. You know what? That's a great point. And then I let the rage build up inside of me and then I explode. So <laughs> every book I read, every seminar I've been to about this kind of stuff, which believe me or not, I've probably half a dozen different books and seminars that have talked about criticism. The number one, everybody, the number one thing that everybody always says is um, as soon as you're getting criticism, just to stop, stop your reaction, stop your thinking. Yeah. Um, yep. Just and give yourself two, three seconds to process what's going on. Because the first thing usually, you know, that that's how a shouting match starts when you have an argument with somebody. <laughs> yes. You know, no, you're fat. No, you're fat. Um, and when receiving criticism about about anything, the first thing you want to do is just to kind of step back and and literally give yourself a little bit of cooling off period. Like it might not seem like that's a lot of time because some people say like, okay, I need a moment, you know, give me an hour to think about it. It's actually a lot of time for um, for our brains to kind of actually process what's going on and to mm -hmm. decide whether or not this is da dangerous to us, um, whether or not you need to defend yourself, whether or not you need to even be on guard. And this is the time where you can actually kind of study the person's um, I want to I want to say the word attack, but study their uh, their form of uh, delivery and see how you can respond to this, uh, because oftentimes you can actually notice uh, if the delivery of the criticism is uh, combative in nature, where they're trying to attack you or whether yeah. it's actually trying to help you. So oftentimes the words that people say may seem combative, but they're actually trying to help you and this split moment, this these seven seconds where you actually get a chance to think about it will give you the opportunity to kind of move on and create a judgment about this. Mm -hmm. And so, and, you know, literally kind of be like, okay, breathe, stay calm, <laughs> do not rip the person's throat out of their neck, mm -hmm. <laughs> just wait. Um, and I think that's the first thing that we fail to do because the moment somebody gives us criticism, well, you know, the hair on the back of your neck stands up and you, your, your, your head, your body gets flush with, 
with just like anxiety and endorphins at the same time and you and you have to defend yourself you know you have to defend your honor meanwhile the person saying um your photo is a little bit underexposed <laughs> like giving you like the most advanced criticism to improve your photography for for this ar- argument and you're not listening to them you're you're just you're just like oh my god i just want to kill this person don't you think my photo looks good? <laughs> the funny thing is I am convinced that people will figure that out at some point on their own. Like, because this is always the case for me. Someone will say to me, oh, your photo's a little bit underexposed. And then I'll be like, oh, no, you're crazy. But then like the next week I'll be like, oh, shit, all of my photos are a little bit underexposed. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> Damn it. So <laughs> I have I have a way to... Um, um, a solution for this. So when you get this feedback and you and you give yourself five to ten seconds, whatever, even one to two seconds, the next thing you should do is to actually try to deconstruct their, um, try to expand on the on their comment because you're going you're only going to hear ten percent of that. You're only going to hear the bad. So start asking questions. Like, uh, give me an example of you know, let's let's talk about uh, underexposed. Um, you can say, well, can you show me an example of a, of a properly exposed photo so we can take a look at them side by side? Or uh, if you have the digital file there, say, well, can you show me an example? But if, if those physical tools aren't available, you can start asking questions to have the individual elaborate on, their, on the feedback. So, you know, whatever your, whatever your understanding is of the craft that you're pursuing, so let's say it is photography, and, you know, so you, can, you can literally ask, you can say, well, is this, do you feel like this is my post-production or do you feel like this is, I'm actually underexposing images in the field? Um, what can I do? Just literally ask questions, try to get them to elaborate on what they're telling you as much as possible, because now you're going to get the person to, uh, speak into you a little bit more. And I, I find it that we do that by default. Whenever somebody asks us to criticize things, we, it's very rare that somebody will actually go into detail about it. Uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we don't want to be wrong ourselves, that we sometimes doubt ourselves in, in our ability to see something. And I know, I know I do, especially when somebody like a colleague who's been doing this for a while asks me for criticism. I always kind of go, well, I feel like it's a little dark and then that's all I might say because I don't want to elaborate too much because I feel like it's like what what can I tell you what it's not even my place to teach you you know so I almost wait for their questions and that's where I'm getting this from I think that you should then say elaborate tell me more what makes you think this or can you please explain how I can improve this etc cetera, etc cetera. so what if someone doesn't want criticism but they ask for it? No, no. What if someone is just not criticizing you, but giving you advice or whatever, and you don't want it? What do you say then? Oh, like unsolicited advice? Yes. Oh, you say thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. That's so hard. There's never a situation where you need to be combative or uh, no, disagree with No, of course not. Them. Like, literally yeah. say thank you. I appreciate, the, I appreciate your feedback. Be the better person, and you may actually be... Uh, you might actually make them feel like shit because uh, um, 
I've had one situation like this. That's it. It was one of my first galleries I've ever done, and it was in St. Thomas. Um, I actually won some money, which was which was great. And um, <laughs> I'm going to interrupt a second. I just got a text message from my wife. A tooth is coming. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm so proud of her. <laughs> she, she's growing a tooth. Um, is she upset about it? No, I think it's, well, she's still breastfeeding, so maybe. <laughs> no. I mean, oh, my God. I mean, Mia. <laughs> I know what you meant. <laughs> um, no, she's a cool, she's a, she's cool as a cucumber. She's super chill. Um She's so funny, actually. I'm going to take a break from our conversation and just tell you about Mia. Uh, We took her to a restaurant a couple of days ago. And uh, when she eats at home, we we wipe down her tray. That's part of her uh, siesta chair that gets pulled up to the table. So she has her own tray that we put food on and she picks it up, puts it in her mouth. It's it's a good, good thing to watch. But before every meal, we wipe it off. So we go to the restaurant and she gets put in a high chair. But she doesn't have a tray she gets pulled up to the table (laughs) she grabs a napkin and starts wiping the table my 10 month old daughter is wiping the table at a restaurant and it's the cutest (laughs) thing ever and we never taught her that we never showed her that she just knows that that's what you do and so we say good job mia wow good girl she drops everything and starts clapping for herself (laughs) (laughs) like it's funny it's funny because we i don't even know where she got that i think hannah says she claps for her sometimes i don't i don't clap for her ever like not on purpose i just never have Uh, but hannah will be like good job mia and so she'll do like a little clap and so she claps now anytime she she hears the words good job or good girl and i tried i tried that out with uh having tank beside her and so Mm -hmm. i said good boy tank she claps for that too sometimes. <laughs> so it, it's just funny stuff when you when you watch a ten year old or a ten year old ten month old and you're like, wow, I have so much impact on her. Anyways, so back to our topic. Um, she took that criticism well. She she always does. <laughs> she always does. Uh, I am so funny, aren't I funny, you Petro? Are, um, oh my gosh! <laughs> thank you. <laughs> No, I don't think that's... <laughs> that doesn't apply? Okay. <laughs> doesn't work. <laughs> Damn. Um, oh, so I was telling a story of this gallery. I, I actually won a lot of money. Well, not it was a lot for me. It was like $240. But there were monetary prizes for like the top five people. And the first place was like 1000 Second place was 500 Then 200 Then like 50 And $20 for everybody else. So I I won a two hundred dollar prize and two twenty dollar prizes. I remember that. And uh, my friend and I drove up there. Uh, I was I was just eighteen years old, um, like I was a kid. I wasn't even pursuing this professionally yet. Uh, I wasn't even in college, but I had a concept. I had a grasp of photography, and so we're walking around, looking around, and there's this person criticizing one of my photos of a windmill and he's basically saying that you know and it had it had a ribbon that said accepted or something and he's criticizing he's like i don't know why this was accepted um look you you see a school bus in the background or whatever it was like he literally just ripped it apart and um 
when he was when he was done, I was just like I was kind of standing nearby. Um, I said, uh, "That's my photo. <laughs> what do you really think about it?" And he was embarrassed. Well, yeah, that's the thing. People won't say that stuff. They won't say that to stuff to you. Face. No, but I'll be completely honest with you. I said thank you very much for saying all that because I don't see it. I see a windmill. Yeah. I don't see background. I'm like, I've never even seen those wires in the background. Cause I'm like, why didn't I see those? And it boggled my mind. Like this is before Photoshop. All of these were printed from negatives. Um, like I think that had more impact to me than education than going to school for photography. I'll be completely honest with you. Because the the delivery of that, it wasn't just here. I submitted a photo, I get a grade with notes, uh, wires, this. It was it was the delivery of it in person. It was how how passionate the person was about ripping the photo apart. And it, it, he didn't he just didn't think I deserved the 20 bucks, I guess, <laughs> for having the photo accepted in the top 10. Um which, which is fine. If I think back to it, there were so many photos of butterflies and close-ups of flowers. And literally, I learned a lot from that day because every single um, competition I entered since then, uh, like at fairs and whatever, I've won money due to the fact that I would submit things that judges haven't seen before. So you submit flowers or bees or birds or whatever close-up macro stuff that usually places really high but it did that it does because you nailed it you got it perfect and there'll be a hundred other photos that almost look identical but have issues um i submitted a night uh night photo of the detroit skyline it was not great but it got me first place um for mm. unclassified you know what i mean it was Again, it was from a negative. <laughs> it, I'm still angry about the time that I put in a nude into the unclassified. And they, well, a certain someone tried to fail it, <laughs> saying it was a portrait. It's not a portrait. <laughs> of course. Well, yeah. It, again, that is not a way. That's not. So back to giving criticism. Um, that's not something you should do. It, because it could be a great photo. You shouldn't be like, well, it's the wrong category. <laughs> you know, oh, you titled it untitled? Yeah, that, that fail. Yeah. You know, stupid. take your feelings out of it. Because um, imagine if we, if somebody did that to the, the people, like famous photographers, famous artists today, right? Right. Sometimes we kind of we kind of take on um, this leadership role and this role of being a complete and giant dick. <laughs> because mm-hmm. because we we get a little bit of accolades you know and yeah i mean you and i could sit here and name these people by name and could only hope that they listen to this because i'd love to point out that hey you've you might have ruined some lives with your comments <laughs> i tr- i try my best not to be uh, a giant douche not even a, t- a tiny little douche i just I just, <laughs> just take the douche <laughs> out <laughs> So, oh my god <laughs> out of the equation <laughs> so but anytime somebody gives a criticism whether you agree with it or not just say thank you and reason for that is you have to kind of remind yourself that any and all criticism is very beneficial like remember that when people give you advice there's a there's going to be a reason for it 
they might be the the asshole who are very technical about it, but there might they might be the people who make you think about looking at the whole picture. And I had this, I ended up having this discussion with somebody else and I used it subsequently in all my teachings. When an artist grabs an easel and goes out anywhere, goes to a field, goes to paint a cityscape or paint a portrait. Um, and let's say in the background, let's say, let's say you're sitting in the artist's studio and in the background, there's a fire extinguisher on the wall. And from the artist's perspective and the canvas he chose, he can see the fire extinguisher. Do you think he or she will actually paint that fire extinguisher on that wall? Like on the canvas? Like it's a, it's an honest question. <laughs> I don't know. Where are you going with this? All right. So many times I've seen people photograph um, a wedding, for example. Mm-hmm. And there's a recycling box in the background because they're doing this at like the bride and groom's uh, or the bride's house, for example. Um, yeah. And there'll be a recycling box because they're doing it outside in the garden, but the house is in the background. And the damn blue recycling box is just sitting in the corner of every single frame because they didn't even yeah. bother changing. So if you, if it wasn't a photography, but it was painting, if somebody literally painted that portrait, would the painter paint that blue box in the fucking... Well, that depends on the painter, obviously. I'm going to say no, unless they did it as, like, for fun. They're probably not going to... I'm, I, I'm going to say no. I'm, I'm going to say they, they might go as far as actually walking over and moving that blue box out of the picture so that they don't have to paint it. My point is, when somebody paints, the, the composition's final, right? They don't go, oh, I'll just crop it later. <laughs> um the exposure is final, the, you know, the, how dark they paint or how light they paint, everything is final. They're putting things down onto canvas as final. So why don't we do that as photographers? Why are we such lazy pricks? Why do we go, no, I'll just take this photo and I'll edit it later. Like, Sorry, I'm going to add this to uh, the topic list. Why are we such lazy pricks? <laughs> that'd be fantastic. I actually, <laughs> I have a whole episode I can fill on that. Um, <laughs> where I actually answer the question of why we're such lazy pricks. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It's lack of criticism. Oh, no! <laughs> so, you know, it takes two feet and a heartbeat. I'm stealing this from a friend. But get your ass over there. Move that damn thing out of the photo. It takes two seconds. And now you've just saved yourself so much time. But not only that, learn to do that. Right, and I learned this from from criticism. I've I've literally learned this from this windmill photo. And in my class demo, what I'll do is I'll I'll I'll, I'll drag the trash can over, and I say, I'm going to show you guys a really fast way to remove a trash can out of from a photograph. It, you uh, you can you can save yourself ten years of Photoshop practice if you just watch this one <laughs> simple tutorial. And I set it up. I take a picture with a trash can. It shows up on like an over overhead uh, projector. And I said, now watch how I can easily remove it. You ready? And I just drag it out of the frame. And everybody laughs. Or sometimes people just roll their eyes like, oh my God, those are the cheesiest dad jokes I've ever seen. But I kind of go, I hope this, this will actually impact you how you think about an image. Look at the damn thing. Look, what else can we remove or add to the photo, right? What else do we have here? And then we would continue this lesson outdoors 
And I would say, okay, so we're standing in a courtyard here. It's dirty. It smells bad. Uh, there's, you know, puddles are all over the place. Let's take some portraits. And then we would take portraits and they would look fantastic. And I would say we manipulated the depth of field. We manipulated the, the frame by turning the subject a certain way. And then I said, we can actually use things to our advantage. And outdoors, there was a giant blue box, literally blue because it was for recycling. And it was one of those metal garbage container with like the two flaps that a truck comes in and pokes it and throws it in the back of itself. And we used that as a background for one of the photos. And it was a really cool blue bright background. And they go like, we don't think about that because we look at that recycling box and we think, well, that's ugly. We don't think to use it as a background, you know, blur it out, etc. And then when we have a small blue box, you know, on a side of a house, when we're doing like family photos at a bride's house, we don't think to remove it because it's too small. But the final note is we don't look. Right. We don't we don't look around. We don't take the moment. Um, the number one thing, I, I guess, when a bride is concerned uh, with timing and everything is locations. Whenever people talk to me about weddings, they're like, oh, what about locations? Where do you want to go? I don't know if this is a good location. I will tell them every time location is arbitrary. It doesn't fucking matter. Like we can we can literally go into a, a middle of anywhere and, and get great photos. You just have to look good. You just have to be there and. We just have to be able to manipulate light. Uh, I've never, ever, ever used an excuse. Well, this is a bad location, you know. Um, remember you came out to a wedding with us a couple of years ago? I think it was you, myself, and Melissa, maybe? Uh, and you kind of tagged along. This probably was 10 years ago. And we ended up going to Western. You don't remember, do you? Yes, I do. You do? All right. I just didn't hear you say yes or no. Go on. I've had people come back to me and tell me that that location sucks. Um, Right. Literally, they're like, it's just so dirty. Because it is dirty. There's there's garbage everywhere. Uh, They're like, no, that location sucks. It's just terrible. Well, one of the things, I don't know if you, if this was there or not, but one of the gates has had like this big giant barbecue grill thing that was chained to the, to the gate. And I've had people tell me like, yep, they ruined it. They chained a barbecue to the, to this beautiful gate. I can't take photos there. We took lots of photos with that grill there. We just didn't include the grill in the picture. <laughs> like, yeah. You don't have to take, so you have to kind of remember, what are you photographing? You don't have to photograph the entire gate. You can manipulate your subject and so we're kind of losing our our track here aren't we I, i'm getting off on the tangent a little, a little bit yeah but <laughs> but the reality is it was is from the feedback of that person that made me realize this and that person might have been just just nobody they might have been an amateur photographer uh or not a photographer at all i i to this day i don't know if it was a carpenter or a butcher or a blacksmith but I did say thank you at the end. I said, thank you very much for the feedback. I actually really appreciate it. And oh, I think that's, that's what you a really, do. That's a really difficult thing to say. But So I guess you, to sum when it all res- up, you just have yeah. to remember the benefits of the feedback that you're getting. Like how they can, like it literally made me a better photographer. So say thank you. Yeah, but in some cases it won't necessarily and people are just being mean maybe 
Uh, and the reason I say that is because I think that we don't often understand people. Um, one of the things that I have a problem with uh, in my own personal life is that when I say something, I have a lot of people react to me negatively. And I say, whoa, 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 hang on. What? Do you, what? Why are you doing this? Well, you said this. I'm like, right. But I said this because this is how I feel about it. And then I made them make them see it from my perspective. And they go, oh, sorry, it came off combative or it came off like argumentative. And a lot of it has to do with the tone and color. That That's that's what it comes down to. The funny thing is, though, you're not a very argumentative person. So I'm thinking that these people are just a little bit insecure. Absolutely. And really protective of their work. I'm, I'm even talking about personal life um, where... But you, but you nail, you hit the nail right on the head. You nailed it. Like, I actually never realized of the insecurity uh, as being the issue here, but it's so true. When you are insecure and you're, you're very sensitive about the subject, um, you you will hear what you want to hear. I guess, especially when when it when the comment sounds a little bit negative. Yeah. So you're right. Um, see, I learned something. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Well, and that's a good thing to do to to look at the criticism you're getting and really think about whether you can take something from it. Mm-hmm. If you can, then say thank you. If you can't, probably just let it go. Right. You don't need to argue with people. Like if someone criticizes your work you don't need to argue with them about how they're wrong obviously they're seeing something different than you are you don't have to agree with everyone it's true so i but at the same time i i think it might be important i'm gonna start over okay my biggest pet peeve in life is people not listening to me this happens (laughs) everywhere and I mean, I don't mean hearing me. I mean, listening to the words that I'm saying, like literally listen, just listen. Um, because I blame this on English being not, not my first language, but um, I recently got audited. Um, they decided to audit the integrity of my HST returns because back in 2013 and 2014, I asked for a big refund instead of having to pay them. Now, that's right around the time when we rebranded, and long story short, they kind of threw a red flag, and they decided to audit me because a subsequent year had also a bit of a too high of a input tax credit. So they're, so they're looking back, they're like, oh, 2016 looks weird. We're going to look back <laughs> at 2013 and 2014. Where, where is this going? The individual kept asking me for to produce... Uh, documents to produce documents to produce documents and one of the documents they didn't accept so the rent that i paid for the studio that we had on richmond (coughs) a lot of money in rent the hst that i paid for it they're not they're basically saying um we're we're gonna want that money back because it's not a valid uh receipt and the reason it's not a valid receipt and maybe people can actually learn from this is because the rent receipt didn't have the person's business number on it meaning that as a document goes, they were technically not allowed to collect this tax. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Suddenly I'm coughing like a crazy dog. Um, so, where is the story going? 
I told the person. I don't know. I, told- <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to paint a little bit of background picture. So this person who's doing the audit is obviously used to people making excuses and just lying to them, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I was, I was not one of those people. I was very straightforward, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Com- I, where I complied with everything. <coughs> Excuse me. I think it's making me upset and I'm coughing anyways. Okay. <laughs> but, but really this, this is the, the point where they're not listening. Um, so the last conversation I was saying is, well, I actually found my old landlord. I got a hold of him. And the problem was they weren't able to find him in their database. They just couldn't find him in the database. And I said, well, you know what? He actually gave me his email address. And his email address is his full name. Before I could finish that, he gave me his email address. And his email address is his full name. So I now have a full name for you to use in your search. Before I could say that, he said, oh, no, I'm not going to email anybody. We can't email people. (laughs) And I just want, I literally want to pause and say, when did I tell you to fucking email anyone? (laughs) Right. But really what I said was, that's okay. I'm not asking you to email him. I'm just telling you because he gave me his email, I have his full name now. Maybe you could use his full name to look for his business number. (laughs) And of course, when I said that, it was, it was a, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. But it, but that's truly, Sophia, that's truly my biggest pet peeve in life is when you're talking and people aren't listening. I've been told that I talk too much, that I take too long to explain one thing. And <laughs> that's the reason I use, I told you the whole entire story is just to use it as an example. I do sometimes try to paint a picture, but in my mind, that comes from the fact that I may be talking to people who need that picture painted. And it's from my experience of, of teaching a class of 20 to 30 students of different levels of learning and different capabilities of learning who may need a full photo or for, full photo, full picture painted with color. And some people who may just be like, okay, so you, you have his full name. Great. Okay. That's all I care about. And how do you cater? Like I always say cater to the least experienced person because if the most experienced person, it's okay if they're bored. Just, you know, but the least experienced person will learn more from you doing that. So, I mean, whatever. Uh, but yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I literally lost my train of thought <laughs> of why I was saying that it's my biggest pet peeve. Uh, it had something to do with what you said. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah. If you know, and you can just write to us and tell us, it'd be fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) So to kind of sum it up, um, well, what are we summing up here? (laughs) Well, I think we already did that a little bit. Um, Don't ask for criticism when what you want is compliments. Um, This always concerns me. Like if you're looking for compliments, then um, I think you should reevaluate where your confidence is at. Um, If you are confident and you are skilled, then you shouldn't need outside compliments to uh, make you feel good Mm -hmm. about your work. So if you're constantly looking for compliments from people, I think maybe you have some work to do on the confidence part. So which isn't a bad thing. A lot of people 
have a lot of work to do on that. Um, still, when you're giving criticism, try to point out the good things and then point out where things can improve. You don't need to be a dink and say your photos suck or your graphics suck mm-hmm. or <laughs> stuff True. like that. Like give people somewhere that they can, you know, actually work on something. Um, I don't know what else. <laughs> if someone's giving you some advice, really consider whether it will improve your work. Mm-hmm. If it does, say thank you. If it doesn't, just let it go. You don't need to argue with people. I like that. Yeah, that's what I keep got. keep the, keep your keep your emotion and argumentative side out of it. <clears throat> if you want to say thanks for your input, then that's cool. I would find that incredibly difficult to say. Um, I'd probably be like, okay, but you have then. to say that. I think I think you you have an obligation to say that, especially when you solicit input from people. Oh, I well, maybe you're not soliciting input from people. No, if somebody comes <laughs> forward to you and says, "I have something to tell you about the photo," you, you, shut up and listen to them. Let them t- yes. let them speak. When they finish, um, don't argue with them. <laughs> Just because I think what the point that I'm trying to drive home is that before you get defensive, and yeah. this they might actually have a point. And yep. they might actually have something that will help you in your in your professional life. Like, Well, you know what? In my experience, when people are getting defensive, there probably is something there that could use some work. Absolutely. Like, even if they it's just know. them working on themselves to stop being defensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. We, we can all use a little bit of work. And um, I, I think it takes a big person sometimes to admit that you're wrong or that you're in a position that could use help. Um but you'll find you'll find yourself in such a better place when you do. Um, I know that I've given a lot of unsolicited advice to friends, friends, <clears throat> friends of mine who probably didn't want it. Um, when they heard me talk, they probably thought I was being a complete dink. Meanwhile, out of the from the bottom of my heart, with all my love, I was just trying to make them better. I was just trying to give them even more reason for people to hire them, you know, but they don't see that. Not everybody sees that and nobody's ever thanked me for it. But I know I've been in that situation where I was like, dude, your photos are too dark. Like just bump up the, the, just bump it up a little bit. Like there's nothing wrong with having dark photos. And I think I always feel like the photos I'm delivering, people are going to print regardless if I give them the opportunity to print or not. But if you're getting a high-res file, you're probably printing it. And I know if I give them too dark of a file and they print it and they put it on the wall, it's going to look like shit. So, on that note, we'd like to say thank you. Yep. You've been listening to Double Exposure Show. Thanks to Benjamin Edward for our aardvark. Ben Sound for our theme music and thank you for sharing this episode with a friend. Don't forget to join us in the Double Exposure Show group on Facebook and if you like what you've heard, please leave us a 5-star rating and review on iTunes. Until next time. Get to work. Get to work.